Welcome to Confessions of a Higher Ed Social Media Manager, where we delve into the world of higher ed social media through the eyes of people behind the screens. Join us as we explore the ups and downs and everything in between when managing online presence for colleges and universities. From navigating the latest social media trends to dealing with crisis management, we'll hear firsthand accounts of what it's really like to be a higher ed social media manager. We'll sit down with masterminds behind some of the most innovative and engaging social media campaigns in the field and hear their behind the screen stories, best practices, and insider tips. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, sit back, grab your headphones, and get ready for some candid confessions and valuable insights into the world of higher ed social media. Confessions of a Higher Ed Social Media Manager is part of the Enrollify Podcast Network. You can subscribe to this podcast at enrollify.org or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to Confessions of a Higher Ed Social Media Manager. I'm your host, Callie, and I am so excited that you're joining us. Today, I'm chatting with Kaylee from Grand Rapids Community College. Welcome, Kaylee. How are you today? I'm great. It is sunny and beautiful here today. How are you? I am doing great again. It's also sunny here in South Carolina. I can't ask for a better day. So let's jump straight in. I don't think anybody starts college like fresh out and then is like, I want to run social media for university. Like that, that's usually not like the first thought, maybe social media marketing for a brand, but not usually for a university. So um, I love I love that wedding planning part. I bet that comes in handy with a lot of planning content for school. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I don't know that I've ever met a student who's like, I want to do what you do. Um, I've met students who are like, what you do is super cool, but maybe not like, oh, this is what I want to do. And I think it's so great to be in this space because I do interact with a lot of students who are like, oh man, I don't know what I want to study. Like I have to make this decision for the rest of my life. And I definitely felt that way when I was in college. I was like, well, I'm committed. Like I now have to plan events for the rest of my life. But that's not necessarily the case. You know, the universe has a way of putting the right things in your path. Our experiences also transcend just managing social media. We do have the ability to connect with students on a different level and being able to, um, I think one of my favorite things about managing social for higher ed is being able to see students that like come in um, as first year students and then as they get to their senior year, watching them unfold. Sometimes, like, sometimes I know them on campus, but sometimes I'm only seeing them through their interactions with the university. And so um, that is an interesting, like, way to watch somebody grow up, essentially, and how how they mature over their four years or however long it takes them to go through, um, or two years in your case. Like, it's a very, it's an interesting way to watch people online (laughs) in a non-stalkery way. Yeah, totally. Not creepy at all. So you said you've been in the industry in higher ed for nine months? Yes. So I started in August. um, And this position that I'm in, so I'm the social media coordinator, it was created, not for me, but it was created and I'm the first person who's been in this role. So um, it's a very like interesting transition piece. I came in and there were not a lot of expectations of like, this is what your day to day is going to look like. And these are the projects we want you working at. It was literally like, here's this piece of paper with all of the passwords and logins for our accounts. Best of luck. Um, Do as you please. Which has been so fun um, and a little intimidating of not having a lot of those expectations to like upkeep campaigns that have been going on and that sort of thing. Um, 
but it has been so fun to kind of like carve the path and try new things and see what works for social media for a community college. I would dare to say that um, when people aren't are like fall into the role like that or are starting a new position and there aren't that there's not a list of expectations, I feel like that is a time period where you have the ability to learn like exponentially fast and also be able to build out mm-hmm. your own own way and how you want to shape that position in a way and also just trying to figure out what's going to work, what's not going to work. And you also have to learn really fast um, because it's like all dumped on you at once and you've got to figure out how to navigate forward like that. So very interesting. So what has been your favorite memory or moment working in higher ed so far? So I don't know if I can particularly pick a favorite moment. I've had a lot of favorite moments um, and I think that they all – are focused on building relationships with people Um, and those moments when you know you're really connecting with a student um, or a faculty member or a staff member because that's I mean at the end of the day my job is to showcase the community college experience and all of the things that we have to offer and relationship building is so important Um, it's very near and dear to my heart because I've worked for a chamber of commerce I know the value of relationships Um, and so, I mean, I can have a nonchalant conversation with a student, but if I'm actually taking the time to connect with them and learn about their story and what they're experiencing, um, then the next time I see them in the hall, they're going to want to talk to me. And those relationships are just so important to my role, which is something that I didn't expect, but I'm super grateful as a part of it. I love that. That's, you're right. I think community building and those relationships with our internal community are so important um, and often under discussed in our in our jobs and yeah I think that's one of those things that I would give any person that is starting off like the tip like this this is going to be something that it's not in your job description but you mm-hmm. it's going to be so important to what you do uh, what else do you think is an under discussed part of the job Mm. I think there is like people just hear social media and they're like, oh, that's easy. You know, you just post on Facebook every once in a while. Um, I don't think people realize how much work can go into social media. Um, Like I think people would be amazed if they got to see my Google calendar and all of the meetings and events and deadlines I have that I'm working towards. Um, And so I know there's a lot of other brands and probably other schools who are not fortunate enough to have a full-time social media coordinator. So I think that a lot of people don't realize that it can be a full-time job and that it takes a lot of energy um, and a lot of planning. And it's not just posting something and hoping that it goes well. It's digging into the analytics and seeing what is trending and staying on top of that. And it's a lot of work. All righty. We're going to play a game, guys, okay? So first and foremost, get a pen, get a paper, pull out your notes app on your phone, whatever it might be, okay? Got it? Great. All right, what keywords does your website currently rank for? Take a couple seconds, right? One, two, three, four. I give you a few, not just a couple. What doesn't it rank for that you think it should rank for? Okay, one, two, three, four. 
Now, what are a few keyword opportunities that you could be winning on if you just simply tweaked some of your existing website copy? Got it? Okay, how'd you do? Ooh, not so hot. Not sure what you can, what you're currently ranking for or not sure what you could be ranking for. Well, that's okay because our friends at DD Agency want to help you answer all of these questions. DD Agency is a higher ed specific marketing technology agency that has conducted countless SEO audits for colleges and universities across the country. In these audits, they detail where you currently rank, what you could be ranking for, exactly how copy should be tweaked on website pages, and so much more. If this sounds like something that you could benefit from, give the guys at DD Agency a ping and be sure to mention that Enrollify sent you to claim a 10% discount on any of their SEO offerings. So head on over to enrollify.org forward slash DDA SEO. That's DDA as in DD Agency SEO, or simply follow the link in the show notes below. That will guarantee you get a 10% discount off of your audit. All right, head on over to enrollify.org slash DDA SEO, or simply Google DD Agency, find DD Agency's website, and be sure to mention that you heard about them through Enrollify when you request your audit. All right, folks, back to the show. That literally goes into our next question of what what do people misunderstand about your job the most? And I know yeah. for me, that was always my my family sometimes said like, oh, you just play on Facebook all day. And I'm like, oh, I, yeah. just, I just want to scream because that is not that is not what we do. We do so much more. But that's like the surface level, what people see. There's so much work that goes in behind the scenes and um, stuff that we have meetings for that has nothing to do with social media but that in a roundabout way is included in what we do. So through all of this and through the busy calendars and trying to manage a new role, have you come up with any like hacks or tips that have made your life a little bit easier Mm -hmm. that you're willing to share with the, with the audience? Yeah. I think um, that there is this expectation that is a little unrealistic that people set for themselves that everything that goes on social media has to be polished and beautiful and like edited fully out and i have seen a lot of success with really authentic content which i know has been a shift in what our social media looks like beforehand it was you know just throw things to the graphic designers have them create graphics um that kind of look like ads, um, and we'll just throw those up and see how they go. But um, just, and that takes a lot of time to design things and um, schedule them. And sometimes the, our content that does the best is super authentic, like behind the scenes, day in the life as a nursing student. Um, people are looking for things that they can relate to. Um, and I think they appreciate that honesty. And I think that's definitely switched because Instagram used to be about, you know, like having the perfect grid and having the same color schemes and using the same filters on everything. Um, but not so much anymore. People just want content that they can relate to. One of my biggest phrases that I use all the time is value over noise. And so mm. that definitely plays into um putting out authentic content. So sometimes if you're putting out just ads or posts that look like ads, it starts to become noise to your audience and they're not going to engage as much. It's going to look like everything else that is put out. And so when you put out authentic pieces and unpolished pieces that are um, representation of what campus is actually like or what your environment is like or like a real story that's happening that's not 
gone through the graphic designer and the writer and the ringer and all the different people it's got to be approved through, I usually find that those do better as well because it feels more natural to social media. Um, we are moving into yeah. an, to an era where we are, we are seeing different, like, like you said, Instagram used to be these same filters, perfectly polished. And now, uh, with the rise of TikTok, the videos that do the best are not the perfectly polished videos. They are shot on the fly. Mm-hmm. They are, they are natural. They're authentic. They are like in the moment. Um, I see that on my own account all the time. Yes. If I, if I spend time on it, it's more likely not going to do well. Than <laughs> if I just shoot it in my cars, shoot it with crazy hair or yeah. just shoot it in the moment. Like it's, it's, it's interesting to see that people are starting to really connect more with the authentic side, because I think, I think part of that is just everything got to the point where everything was so perfectly polished and you couldn't tell mm-hmm. what is true, what's not, what's authentic, what's not. Like if I know sometimes we talk about this often that we are admissions content for a school is always mm-hmm. the perfect student dressed in the school t-shirt that's walking down the stairs of the main beautiful building or whatever, or uh, the three students sitting on the grass with their computers, like working, like when have we ever seen that happen in (laughs) that exact scenario? Like we plan those photo shoots. I remember doing a photo shoot once it was the middle of the summer and we had them wearing sweatshirts so that we could use it in the winter because we didn't want it to be too cold to shoot in the winter. Um, and so we did all the seasons in one photo shoot. And I just remember thinking like these poor students are wearing long sleeves, pants and um, like long pants and sweatshirts in the middle of like a 90 degree day in South Carolina because we wanted to make it look pretty and perfect. But the reality is, it's like when you look at those p- pictures in the winter, it's not that sunny and green and the leaves on the trees. Like For it's sure. a very clear, clear what we did there. And so... Um, it's definitely changed my perspective of how to manage social media for university because if we're selling yeah. people on something that is not true and they, they're going to see mm-hmm. through that one and two, especially when they come to visit and they see that's not what people do on the daily. Um, for sure. And then also they're going to be there their first year and then they're going to transfer because we lied to them or we didn't tell them the whole yeah. truth. We gave them a mm-hmm. version that is not quite what actually happens. So um, that's definitely been one of my like biggest lessons and biggest uh, Mm -hmm. red flags that I raise. I'm like, okay, let's, let's rethink this because students are seeing through that and we're just making us look like a fool at some points and we're losing silly. Yeah. Like we're looking, we're, we're losing their trust off the, off the bat because we've Mm -hmm. chosen pictures that, don't truly represent us. Um, there's so many times like that stuff happens on campus that we can capture that shows the authentic life of campus. And I think that is, that's important to use. Um, okay. So next, um, you've already talked a little bit about how you were in the wedding planning industry, but if you were not in higher ed social, what other occupation would you like to try? Like if you had the ability to do anything, what would you do? Really to do anything. Um, so I am currently taking graphic design courses to get, um, a certificate in graphic design. 
Um, there have been, I just want to expand my knowledge of like all things marketing. Um, so I feel like this job has been an amazing space for me to like really fully understand social media. Um, I want to understand more about graphic design. My like dream someday is to like be my own boss and own my own marketing agency and like just work with as many different kinds of brands as possible. Um, and like just be able to tell everybody's story in a cool, unique way. If I was living another life, I think I could be a really good, like, professional organizer. Mm. I love having things in the right place. Um, I don't know if Marie Kondo is still cool, but, like, she was my favorite person for, like, that year her Netflix special came out. I read all her books, and I was like, yes, like, we need to be conscious about how we're using things. Things need to be in their right place. And, like, to be able to do that for other people would be so satisfying to me. So I need to hire you and bring you out to my house. Perfect. <laughs> because I am the farthest thing from an organized person. Um, my my brain is chaotic. And um, yeah. while that is a plus in that it allows me to juggle a lot of different things and tasks and projects and jobs, but it does not help when it comes to organizing because I guess <laughs> I yeah, no, it's that's not my thing. But I would love to bring somebody in that could make my life in my house make some sense. And it's like such a, such a niche. Just feels so good to have like everything in a spot and like you know where it belongs. It just like brings me such peace. But I definitely also then like the next week will be chaotic throwing everything everywhere. And I'm like, okay, we need a day to like organize all of the things. I wouldn't know what it's like to have everything organized, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> like, wow, that's a dream I didn't know I had. Right? <laughs> so um, I know that you said you've only been in the role for nine months, um, but what are some important lessons that you've learned? Yeah, for sure. Um, I always love to say, my, when I'm giving other people advice, I say, do it scared. Um, I think that it's super important to just kind of try things and not be afraid to fail. Um, so when I started this job, I had never made a TikTok before. Um, I'm not quite sure why they hired me without TikTok experience. Um, I guess like everything else just fell into place and they were like, oh, well, you know, she'll figure it out. And so I remember making my first TikTok and I was like, I don't know if this is going to do well. And I've learned a lot of lessons through since making that first initial TikTok um, or real or whatever it may be for you. But like the best way to learn was just doing it and then doing other things and seeing what does better and just kind of learning the ins and outs and the quirks. So yeah, don't be afraid to do things that are outside of your comfort zone. I also think that social media is like, for some people, it's still really new as seeing it as a tool that we need to be investing money and time into. Um, so if someone is, you know, new to the industry or starting a new role, um, just to be confident in knowing the value of your role. Um, a lot of times I find in higher ed, I can be the youngest person in the room. Um, but that doesn't mean you need to have the smallest voice. Ooh, um, yes, <laughs> yeah. that all of that, <laughs> all of it, all of it, all of it. Do it scared. 
And just because you're the youngest doesn't mean you have the smallest voice. Wow, those yes. are power, powerful. Embroider those on a pillow. Right? <laughs> I need a sweatshirt with that. <laughs> I didn't need a sweatshirt. Me too. Do it scared. Um, do it scared. Wow, that's such a that's such a powerful moment. Um, I I do relate on the TikTok front. So um, yeah. most people that listen know that I have a pretty decent TikTok following. Um, I think as of this week, as of recording, we're about 2,000 followers away from hitting 100K. But I did a... (laughs) It's for my greeting card. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, It's because of my greeting card business, but um, not higher ed. But with that, um, I did a presentation recently about TikTok for small businesses. And in my presentation, I put QR codes with links to my videos because I did not want to play them Mm -hmm. for people uh, while doing this webinar. I was like, listen, you can watch it on your own time. Uh, put QR codes. Not that in front of you. Yeah. Like I put QR codes. So whatever I'm referencing, people could go and watch. But when I went to like scroll back to like my first video, I watched it and I was like, oh man, this wasn't terrible. And then I realized that I had hid almost a month worth months worth of content. I had changed to me only. So the private, like privacy settings. Mm. So I had yeah. to unhide all of those videos because I could not lie to this audience and tell them like I started oh. off with a bang. No, I started yeah, off good for terrible. You. Um, like it makes me cringe so bad. And I'm like so wishing that like the TikTok team doesn't ever scroll back to the beginning of my videos <laughs> because I've been doing some stuff with them. And um, I'm like, please don't ever scroll back to the beginning because they are so bad and it's a learning curve. But that's like, that's one of my favorite things about this role is that it's not set in stone. There's always going to be new platforms. There's always going to be new things to learn. Yes, we can start on new platforms all the time and they may not take off, but they may take off. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that one of my biggest tips, and I want to mention this now, like with sites like Lemonade. Um, which I love the name of that oh. site. It's spelled like lemon, Is like that the how fruit. You say it? Yeah, so it's lemon, lemon with okay. like the fruit and then the the number eight. So lemonade. Yeah, I just downloaded it. Yeah, I love that because it's like eliminating Instagram and all the other like eliminating Meta. Yeah. Um, I love a good play on words. So <laughs> lemonade. <laughs> You're like, this is a fun. Yes, love. Um, so lemonade and clapper are like the two rising, like trendy at the at this very moment they'll die off in a few weeks but um there i don't see them going far but one of my biggest tips is when a new platform comes up i always see people jump into the higher ed social media group on facebook and ask what are you doing on this platform and the biggest tip is just reserve your name and then forget about it like put it in a password document somewhere i have a list probably of there's probably 30 websites apps etc that i have like saved my university's name on that we will never use. But there was a trend on TikTok. Um, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago where people were finding their school, like they were creating their school's handle and then trying to um, make the school pay them to get it. And so they were holding it for ransom and it's don't just do because, that. Yeah, right. Like it's terrible, but students are like, "Hey, this is a quick way to make money. Let me let me oh. claim my school's handle and then sell it back to them so that they can have the platform." So, biggest tip ever is as soon as a new one pops up, so like Lemonade Clapper, while they may not become anything ever, 
at least reserve your name so that nobody else can go in there and pretend they're you and and put out content right it's it's so stupid there's a few students that like had decent videos like go viral about how they were holding these usernames hostage and i just felt so bad for the schools i'm like this is a biggest tip for anybody um new to the role so speaking of that is there any tools that you would recommend Mm -hmm. people use um any yeah anything that you've learned yeah um, so I know you mentioned the higher ed social media, uh, Facebook group. They yes. are my favorite. I've met so many cool people. Um, and yeah, don't be afraid to throw all of the questions out because we all have questions and the amount of times that I see questions on there. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have thought to ask this. Like, I'm going to read all of the comments and gather all of the information. I recently invested in a, um, a stabilizer for which is like um yeah i think it's by like dji um that i can put my phone on for tiktoks and i think it's brought my tiktoks to the new to the next level um so i love a good stabilizing gimbal um yes it's a gimbal yeah no no stabilizer is correct too um i think gimbal is like the fancy word that always yeah. makes people confused but it's a stabilizer um for sure. love those i think that is important and the new ones i yes. love have um actually have it on the back of my phone the little uh magnetic piece so that yes. it just magnetizes into it so you can easily pull your phone out um they've gotten a lot fancier but it's so nice mm-hmm. to be able to have like to be able to hold it and it it accounts for your shake and keeps the phone um yes. steady and i I at first was like, oh my gosh, I'm the only one who notices that my TikToks are shaky. But then once I got it, I was like, this is amazing. Um, and I think that people, when I like walk around campus and I'm like filming B-roll, I think they're more aware of me now and like are less scared to come ask questions and be like, hey, what are you up to? Rather than me just like walking around with my phone, like some random person. I, yes, 100%. Um, so on your campus, do people... Are you the anonymous social media manager or do you let it be known that you're the one managing social media? So my, I kind of have found a balance. Um, My goal setting out on social media has always been, I do not want to be the face of the college. Um, So I am fine with people knowing that I am the person who manages social media. And like, I'm not going to lie to you about that. That's what I do. That's what pays the bills. Um, But I do never, I never want to be the face of our campus. So you will rarely if ever find me on our tiktok page like starring in videos because i'm normally filming them there are a couple that i've appeared in um as like the interviewee but i'm not like pretending to be a student because i'm not a student that's inauthentic um and there's a couple of those trends where like you have like a background and then there's like eyes and a mouth or whatever like that's me um because there was no point in me trying to find a student to put their eyes and mouth on this Um, but my goal is to show students because students relate with fellow students. Um, so I do not want to be like, I don't want to be pretending to be a student. Um, and it's not that I'm camera shy. I'm all over my personal TikTok, but that's my brand. This is not my brand, but like students on campus definitely know that I am the social media manager, but 
from interacting with me and seeing me doing things out and about, not because I'm the face of the brand. I spoke with somebody once who told me that they um, were like the ghost manager of social media, that no one on campus, like no students knew who was the person running the account. It was like the elusive social media manager, but they never knew who it was. And I'm like, I don't know how you do that because... Yeah. Like, I was never able to keep that a secret. Like you, I was not the face on social media. I never posted um, any content about me or never, like, appeared in videos. Right. Like, that was not my thing. But people knew, like, my tone of writing. And so when somebody else would start For to sure. post out, they're like, that's not you. You didn't write that. Like, it's it was mm-hmm. a very clear difference um, in the voice that I had created for the school. But yeah. also um, just... Yeah, we're out there capturing so much content. Like, we're out there with phones recording everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... I for It sure. has always made me... Like, I'm so interested in how this person had managed for years to not be known. Unless they yeah. really just had a solid student team that did for sure. all the content capturing. Because, yeah, I don't... Yeah. That was always, always an interesting thing in the back of my head. I'm like, how do you do that? And I wonder how many other people are able to pull off the same thing. Like kudos to you if you're able to like keep your identity separate, like completely separate, but that was never something I was able to do. (laughs) I am so jealous of schools that do have student teams on for, as a part of their social. So I, as it's a new position, I do not have a student team yet. Um, We have different student workers in different departments around campus. So like we have a student life office and those students are always willing to star in my TikToks, but like I'm coming to them with the idea. I have the equipment ready and I'm like, all right, time. I need 15 minutes. We're going to film a TikTok. Um, And we also have like some orientation ambassadors who are pretty active and always willing to star in things. But one of my goals in the next few years is to definitely get like a team going. I bet that would be a lot more difficult for a two-year school than a four-year school. For because sure. For four years, you've got you can bring them in the first year as freshmen and train, like give them a year of training, and then like give them slowly more privileges over year two, three, and four. But with a two-year school, you're you're limited to like having to kind of plug them in right off the bat because you only have two years or potentially potentially more because everybody takes a different college path right. but like you're yeah. you're you have way less time with them than the traditional sure. four-year on-campus students mm-hmm. and our average student definitely spends a lot less time on campus um just because they're usually juggling jobs and uh, like our student demographic our average age of our student is like 26. So we have a lot of people who are coming back to school um, and they have families at home. And so just, it's been very interesting for me to learn what kind of information those people are looking for. It's less of the on-campus events and it's more of, you know, what are the mental health services and those sorts of things. Um, And so there's definitely like less physical time spent on campus, which can be a hurdle too. Interesting. I, I guess I haven't, I did get my associate's degree and went to a two-year college to start off with, Yeah. but I didn't think about, um, how my needs were different at a two-year school than they were a four-year school. Um, and it was, it was about the services offered, but once class was over, I was, I was gone off campus. Yeah. There was no need to to do. Yeah. There's no need to kind of stay around and hang out after class because 
I wasn't living there and I, I wasn't, yeah. um, in clubs or anything. It was just immediately go to work or mm-hmm. go, go home, go get food, whatever. So yeah. interesting. I, I'm interested to see like the course of your journey of how you can really bring in like a student team, but also, um, like just watching your content to see the, the differences and how, yeah. Maybe there's some of those things that we can highlight at four-year schools and be reminded mm-hmm. of. Because, yeah, I think sometimes we, we forget that. Um, we forget the services to highlight. And we forget the different ways to connect. Because I know that uh, some of us at four-year schools have commuter students, too. And we're not even thinking about, like, their different mm-hmm. needs compared to sure. our traditional on-campus students. So, great insight yeah. there. So our last couple questions um, are, this one's a quick one. Are you a scheduler or do you post on the fly? Mm. Um, Kind of depends on the platform. I try to schedule just for like peace of mind and that's the organizer in me. But then like always posting stories on the fly. TikToks, I'm usually like so excited about this. I'm like, I got to get it up. And especially trends change so fast. Um, So those I'm a little bit more on the fly. Okay. What is your favorite platform We'll start personally and then with your brand. Personally, I might be behind the times. I love Snapchat, um, which like I don't really use for from a community college perspective because I use it more as a communication tool with my friends. But like we're all like micro influencers of each other and like send vlogs of our days of like I'm doing this. Um, And so I just love that. That's so fun. Okay, for your brand, what's your favorite platform? Probably TikTok. Yeah, it's definitely. I, I love the rise in that. And um, it is mm-hmm. interesting to, I've been uh, following the TikTok potential ban, the Restrict Act, and all the yeah. things that go into that. And it's interesting to see how that's impacting some schools already because of their, mm-hmm. their governors banning it for their state um, on state devices or anybody that's a state institution, there's some schools that it's not even allowed on the Wi-Fi. So that's going to be an interesting one to track and to watch how Mm -hmm. that impacts schools. Um, I like personally, this is a total personal note. I don't think we have the fear of it getting banned anytime soon. Um, I just spent some time in DC chatting with Congress and um, getting to meet the TikTok team and the CEO. And I think that in true TikTok fashion, you, you get a lot of people, um, passionate about something and the TikTok, the TikTok community has, has really come for, um, that restrict act and what it's being, how it would not only ban TikTok, they could use it to ban TikTok, but so much more. And so a lot of that is being second guessed now, instead of them being able Mm -hmm. to kind of slide it through. So Really interested yeah. to watch that and how that impacts not only um, our schools, but us personally. And then for me, yeah. for my small business, like is totally fueled off TikTok. So that's going to be an interesting one to watch. I'll be interested yeah. to listen well, back to People keep asking me regularly, like, what are you going to do when TikTok disappears? And I just keep reassuring people that even if TikTok goes away, short form video is not going to go exactly. away. Exactly. That is where people want to get their content, whether it's on I've heard YouTube shorts is really booming. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook reels, Instagram reels, like video is not going away. Also, another one that people don't think about is Pinterest allows you to do mm-hmm. videos. And that is, I use that for my business a little bit. It 
Okay. It does surprisingly well. It's not something I would have thought of, but like Pinterest has been like in the background as a solid platform for a while. Um, like they haven't had any major like publicity craziness. Like no. they just exist and make people happy with their, <laughs> their Pinterest boards. Excuse mm. me. But I think that is a place where we could be dropping this when we're already creating short form video. We can easily yeah. drop it there as well. Not like a whole for sure. strategy for the platform, but it's it's another place to put that video that could get in front of people. Mm-hmm. And then the last question is, what is your confession? What is something that you've done as a social media manager that someone probably wouldn't expect? My confession is that I am an introvert doing an extrovert's job. Mm. Um, I have a lot of social anxiety sometimes about reaching out to people, um, walking up to students and being like, hi, do you want to be in a TikTok? Um, And so this job has definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone. And I think that a lot of people think that everybody in marketing has to be an extrovert. But like at the end of the day, I want to do a puzzle and watch the office and sit on my couch. I do not want to be out and about with people. So that's my confession. Love that. What a great, what a great confession. Okay. I actually do have one more question, but this is the, this is your fun random question that you have, um, no heads up on. Perfect. (laughs) So, um, let's see which one we're going to pick this week. Would you rather turn into a hot dog every night from eight to 9 PM or once at random, an ostrich with a vengeance comes to fight you? I'm going to say the ostrich because yeah. I am a night owl and I value those late night hours. I can't be a hot dog for an hour. I have to be doing things. I <laughs> love the logic behind that answer. Uh-huh. I'm going to have to take some self-defense <laughs> courses, though, to be prepared for this ostrich <laughs> with a vengeance. Um, I looked up dinner party questions and that one popped up. I was like, "This is these are great podcast questions. Yeah. Yes. What would you rather do? Oh, um, I'd probably pick the ostrich too, because I also value eight to 9 PM. That's like prime time for Mm -hmm. me. If the time was switched to like 7 AM to 8 AM done hot dog every day, I'd be asleep. I wouldn't care. Thank you so much, Kaylee, for joining us on the podcast. Um, I'm so excited that you were here today and we are going to include, um, your social handles that you share with us and your bio and stuff in the show notes so that people can get in touch with you. And just want to say thank you for representing the two-year colleges out there. Um, Thank you for sharing your experience and being part of this conversation. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This was super fun. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.